Hallelujah. Amen. Right, let's get into the word for today. Uh, I'm going to talk about the renewal of the mind and the new mindset that God has brought for us. Now, the first thing that I want to um, what I, that I want to mention is that understanding the re renewal of the mind, wherein the Bible says, and let me read that verse from 1 Corinthians 12, oh, um, verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What that verse does not mean is the following. It does not mean be transformed by thinking positively. We should not confuse positive confession and positive thinking with a renewed mind. You know, you can go to the Buddhist and the New Ager and the whatever... They think positive, man. They meditate and they say, Christ in me, new age, Christ in all. You know, we just think of peace and tranquility and we meditate ourselves into a trance and we think positive and we think good and whatever. That's not the renewal of the mind the Apostle Paul was talking about when he wrote that. The renewed mind is not to say, I am the healed and I'm not the sick. That's not the renewed mind. The new mind is something completely different. It's a different logic. It's a different way of reasoning uh, that we are going to have a look at here. Now, I want to just lay a little bit of background on what is going on. And I'm going to read from Romans 11 verse 1. It says, I say then, has God cast away his people? God forbid. For I, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Now, that is in Romans 11 verse 1. What the Apostle Paul come and what, what, what the Apostle Paul does here is he's addressing uh, a completely wrong belief. What he is addressing is he's addressing the Judaism system that, start, that, that got born into the um, Gentiles. That's what he's addressing and very few people see that but that's what he's busy with. And that's the context of the renewed mind here. And let me explain. The Gentiles start to say, well, you know, we are very special as Gentiles because God rejected the Jews to love us. That's what they were saying. They were saying we are more special than the Jews to God. The Jews thought they were the people of God, but we are the people of God because, you know, it's almost like you would have a girlfriend and you would leave her for another one. Then the other one says, well, you know, I must have been better because if he left her for me, I must be better. Now the Jews were always living, we are better because God accepted us and made us his people and not them. And then when God entered the law system by which the Jews lived, the Jews experienced that as a rejection and as a casting away of the people of God. That's how, that's how it was seen. But it wasn't a casting away at all. It was actually acceptance of all people. So then the Gentiles came and says, well, you know, what God has done is he showed us mercy. We, without the law, obtained the mercy of God. We that weren't even seeking after God, talking about seeking after God by trying to obey the law. We received mercy. Here God comes, he pours out his Holy Spirit on us. 
We just trust him, we believe him, and look what, he do, what, what he's doing. We are more special. Do you see how, they all, how their faith is now moved over into trusting and relying upon the flesh, saying we are chosen because of our ethnicity? Do you see that? The same thing that was in the Jews. And then he goes on in chapter 11, and I don't have a time to go through this. Maybe we will study one of these chapters in, uh, in our Bible study. But um, he goes on and he explains to them that God took people to whom the oracles of God, the commandments of God was given. And what, what he did was, by these laws, they could not attain unto life. And then he said, let me be merciful on those that are not even trying to obey the law. So he was actually merciful upon all people. But those that didn't have the law, they believed him and they saw the life of God manifest in them. And now what God was doing is he says, I'm going to take away the law as a way by which you live, by fulfilling it in Christ and blessing the other nations. And by doing that, he showed, in the, the, the Jews would say, God is showing mercy on the Gentiles. What's going on? But God says by showing mercy on the Gentiles, he's actually showing these people that without the law, you can be blessed. And without being obedient, you can be blessed. Without being obedient to commandments, you can be seen as righteous and have eternal life. And by being merciful to them, he is now actually bringing mercy to these people as well by demonstrating the very same mercy. And that is called the mercies of God, wherein God shows mercy to Jew and Gentile, for God declared both Jew and Gentile sinners, so that he can show mercy to sinners, and if he can show mercy to sinners, he can save all, Jew and Gentile. Now, I don't have time to go into all of that, but a little bit of background, and I hope that if your mind is quick, you'll just grab a hold of that. Right, now let's go to chapter 12 and verse 1. Paul says, before I get there, let me just um, explain this. Last week we spoke about uh, born again and, uh, you know, Nicodemus that couldn't understand what Jesus was actually saying for Nicodemus was born from the law and Jesus was born from the spirit. If we have different logics, it's very difficult for people that comes from a different logic or different mindsets to really understand one another. They that they cannot understand one another. It's like if you take, um, because most people watch this video in the live webcast from America, I'm gonna use the, the American uh, idea here. If you take a Republican and take a Democrat and you want them to understand each other, <laughs> it's impossible. It is impossible because they have different mindsets. They've got different way of looking at something and because they've got a different logic, the, everyone interprets what the other one says inside his logic and it doesn't make sense to him. And if something doesn't make sense, you know, you, how can you flow with it? It's just impossible. If I use South Africa, well, let, let's use a democracy and communism. Somebody that is a communist in his being, a person that believes you should have everything in common, and that everything belongs to all people. If that is his logic, if that is the foundation from where he reasons, he would see that it is a righteous thing to take a rich man's stuff 
and distribute it between everybody. The rich man had a million dollars, and now we distribute the million, and now everybody's got ten. To him, that's righteous. He's, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's, as a matter of fact, it is a sin. And it is wrong in his eyes and in the depth of his being to see one man being a millionaire. If you come with somebody that's got a different mindset, a, a capitalist, he will say, well, you know, if somebody's got nothing and he's dying and he hasn't worked for it and somebody wants to give to him, he can. But if he doesn't want to, he owes him nothing. He just owes him nothing. And if he dies... With this guy not giving, you can just say that guy that doesn't want to give is a bit stingy, but it will never be seen as a sin or really wrong because it's different logics. And now if you take somebody from the communist camp, you take somebody from the other camp, and you want this man to explain to you how to um, grow a nation, the other one will not understand any of his plans. He will not know what's going on. Now, um, what, what has happened in the gospel is, or, or, or what I want to say through that example, is that since the logics differ, whatever the one says will not be logical or common sense or make sense to the other one. And it will be very difficult for the one to see the true intent of the other person or the heart of the other person. You can find a person whose heart is really so pure and he can be a communist saying, I just want all people to be blessed. Pure heart. But the, the, the guy who's just into making money for himself, he will never, ever, ever be able to see that heart. And the guy who's into the money thing, he wants to make money and he actually believes that I'm providing a system here wherein each person can live according to his own potential and everyone doesn't just have to have a little bit, but we can become rich. And he can have the purest of motives in that, but these people will never see the beauty in each other because of the different logic. Now, imagine... Imagine this. Imagine the logic of God differs from yours. Now how in the world are you going to see him for who he truly is? It would be impossible. What if the logic that we have has been, what if it, it has been polluted by a logic that's not inside or in line with the logic of God? And God comes with his logic and says, Listen, this is, this, is, this, is, I'm just, this is one of the things about the logic of God. You sit and you rest and you rely on me. I'll be good to you. And as I'm good to you, you'll find that the very beauty you behold in me will be effortlessly born in you. And then it will just be logical for you if I work in you by my love to will and to do it would just be logical to, for you to go and do whatever you want. Listen, I can hear even some people as you listen to this. If I say to you, this is God's logic. God wants people to do whatever they want. You will say that is crazy. A law mindset will not understand that. He will not hear that. He will say, this is a license to sin. 
This is a license to, how can you tell somebody to do whatever he wants? Now, if your logic is, the human heart is evil, and you must just resist sin every day, and God is outside, and he empowers you with a commandment, and if you can obey his commandment, he will bless you with life. If that's your mindset, and I tell you, listen, man, God works in you to will and to do, go and do whatever you want. You will say, that man has smoked something and he drinks too much before his service. That's what you'll say. Because it will not make sense. And to the guy who believes that it just makes sense that if you sit under the love of somebody, that, and that love is the eternal love of God, that has no beginning, has no end, has no dimensions, it is all-consuming, it is life-giving. If you are sitting under that love, it just makes sense to do whatever you want. Because if I don't do whatever I want, I will be against the life of God in me. For God works in me to want generosity, to want kindness, to, not just to want, to will and to do. He just doesn't put the want there. He actually manifests it in you by His Spirit. Now then it makes sense to do whatever you want. Now, Paul comes and he uses this reasoning in Romans 12. And this is what he says. And I'm going to read from verse 1. And I'm going to try and explain to you the, 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 the mindset wherein Paul was teaching. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, the way the law logic reads this is, I beseech you therefore, brethren, with that finger, you know, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, for a change, present your body as holy and blameless and above reproach and as acceptable to God by living well. Now, that is not simply what's, not what's written there. But the logic of law always reads any correction as the pointing of the finger and you have been in the wrong and always there's always a death sentence having over hanging over the correction which is not the case in in in, in romans 12 when he says i beseech you therefore brethren that that uh, word beseech there let's see if i put it in here yes it's parakaleo where we also get the word parakletos from. You know parakletos? It talks about the one called alongside to help. You, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper. So a correct translation of this or a good translation, uh, it, it, it also means you have to call near or to help. So Paul says, I want to help you, brethren. I want to help you. I beseech you. I, I come alongside you. He, say, he says, I beseech you therefore. What is a therefore, therefore? He was talking about the, the, the mercies of God shown to Jew and Gentile. And he says, because God is merciful to Jew and Gentile and not just one person. And I see you are falling back into a mindset here wherein you are sitting in a place where you start to think, you start to think fleshly. You start to think about God choose this nation above that nation. 
He says, let me help you. Let me come as the, as the parakletos, as the one called alongside to help. Let me come, and I hope I pronounced it correctly, parakaleo. Let me parakaleo you. Let me, literally, literal meaning is call near to invite or to invoke. A consolation to call, to be good to or to comfort. He says, let me comfort you by the mercies of God. Let me comfort you by the mercies of God. Present your body, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Right. In other words, let's say this, these notes, or this Bible, let's say this is my body. Okay? This is my body. Body? This is my body. Now I want to present my body to you. I present my body, like a presenter. You know what a presenter does? He presents things. He's there working at the, at, at, at the TV show, and he's a presenter. He's going to present people. So be a presenter and present your body as, but I want to present my body is holy. It's a living sacrifice, acceptable unto God. So... I come and I present my body. I see my body as, and if I have to introduce my body, I would say, this body is alive, given over to God. God took human flesh, put it in the right hand of the Father. This is given to God. It is holy. It is acceptable to God. And doing that and presenting your body like that, the Bible says, that's your reasonable service. It's only reasonable to think of your body that way and of your life that way in the presence of the flowing of the blood of the Lamb of God that washed away the sin of the whole world. Any other thinking wouldn't be reasonable. It's unreasonable. There is no reason, there is no logic in that. So, do you see the reasoning of God? God says, I take away the sin of all people. I unite them with God in Christ. And as I do all these things, you know, you can go and present your body as holy and blameless and acceptable, a living sacrifice. Be alive. You know, I, I, this body is given, available to God, a living sacrifice where God can come and manifest all his fruit and he's holy and acceptable. And, and that's just reasonable. It's not reasonable to say, I'm just a rotten sinner. There's no logic. I mean, the guy that's in the law, to him it makes sense. To the guy who, I mean, that is what these Gentiles start to think of the Jews. And that was exactly what the Jews were thinking of the Gentiles. Now, the worst thing that can happen to a person is if you amalgamate, if you join together, if you make one, these two logics, and then now have this concoction of both logics together. Now, that's the worst thing ever. That can take place because if someone would come with good news to you, you will say, oh, I understand a bit of that, but I also got, you will never come to the place where you can actually experience the life that God has intended for you. So he comes, he says, brethren, let, let me call you close by, let me help you. Um, and the platform from where I want to help you is the mercies of God. Let's read it again. I beseech you. I come alongside to help you. Let me help you on account of these mercies. On account of these mercies, brethren, by these mercies, present yourself. 
as holy. Don't see yourself as rejected. Don't see yourself or any nation as rejected. We are all accepted. I want to say this. I want to, uh, to you that, that love um, the Jews as a special people of God, by the very mercies of God, I want to help you. What you're busy with will destroy your life, man. I'm not trying to preach bad Hebrews doctrine. I, I want to tell you, to say that the Jew is more special to God, you are destroying, your, you are living by a logic that makes no sense to God. The mercies of God, by the mercies of God, I beseech you, see, present your body, and not just your body, present the body of Christ. Present the body as holy, acceptable, you know, before God. A living sacrifice. See it that way. Don't make your body unholy and see yourself as unholy by allowing the logic of the world. Right, verse, um, let's go to verse 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't have your life in line with the way the world is. Now, the way we see the world is a man that drinks a beer, smokes a cigarette, or drives too fast, or that has had some sin. That is not the context of the world. The world system that he was talking about here was the hierarchy system wherein nations was preferred before, one, before each other. He says, don't be conformed to the world, you know, and also the Jewish world of that time, wherein people were thinking that one nation is above another nation, where they didn't see the mercy of God, where they couldn't see all people are sinners, and God has taken away the sin of all, and he brings forgiveness for all, he brings righteousness for all. He brings redemption, uh, justification for all. Now, I can't go and preach a message. If I must explain all the words I've just mentioned, that will take hours. But that is what, he, what, what, what he's saying, you know. It, it is for all. So don't come to a place where you're not conformed to this world. And what, what he also means there is, he says, when you want, if you want a life that looks like the life of the world, continue in this evil logic. You'll be conformed to the world. You will uh, steal, you will kill, you will destroy, you will do all those things. You'll be conformed to the world if you continue in a life that is outside of the logic of God. Amen. Right, let's go on um, to uh, uh, the second part there. He says, but be ye transformed, changed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or actually show forth or demonstrate what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God <clears throat> for I say through the grace given unto me that every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly don't be intoxicated with wrong thoughts according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith let me explain that when we say something is renewed, the renewal of the mind, this is what I believe this is talking about. It doesn't say that we receive a new mind. It says that the mind is renewed or made in accordance to when it was new. 
If I take a car and I renew the car, it doesn't mean I've replaced the car. It means I restore it back to the original new it was. If you look at this, there are many of these programs on TV where they restore old cars. They are renewing the car. They are bringing the car because the car over time collected dust, scratches, dents, rust, and all those kind of things. And you could see it is a car, but it was, the car wasn't new anymore. And the only way you can renew the car is not by buying another car, but by taking that car and restoring it to the original. So when, when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, it means we will be transformed, meaning we will not be in the, in the life of the world where we have the fruit of the flesh and all those kind of things anymore. Should it be that we can get our mind back to the original thought? Renew your mind. Now, how was this mind renewed? How, did a new, how does a new mind come? When Adam listened to the devil, his mind got polluted by the thought that he can take all the good that God has given him in his life and produce an everlasting life by doing good. Let me explain to you. Adam was in the garden and when he was in the garden, he, he saw that he's kind and that he's love and that he's good and all those kind of things. And then... The devil came to him and said to him, you know what, you can be like God by knowing the good and evil, evil means hard work, working the good that you see. And if you work the good, if you work the ability God has given you, guess what? You'll be just like God. You'll be immortal. You'll, be, you'll never, you, you, you will have immortality. That's what you will have. And from that perspective, you know, when Adam started to believe that, his mind got Polluted, he became um, what this word is here. He wasn't so thinking soberly anymore. A sober thought is the following thought God loves me and gives me his life for free. That's a sober thought. A polluted thought is, or let me put it this way, and by this love we find attributes, God's attributes manifest in our lives. And as these attributes manifest in our lives, it is wonderful and in that we are sharing the quality of life. A sickening thought would be to say, well, these attributes, if I just live these attributes and have this a lot of it in my life, then I will be able to have immortality by my good works. That is sickening. That is what we call uh, uh, not sober thinking, intoxicated thinking. Now imagine you start there and then after a while you do good things and you work hard and, and all those kind of things and you see that you're not making it. Because it is not logical for a person that is taken from dust to use dust's ability to be immortal. Dust can never produce immortality. Inside God's logic, that's simple. Inside the person that has... Jesus said that Satan is a murderer of man. So this wrong logic is going to bring forth so much uh, a death and destruction. I just want to ask something here. Is everything okay, Henry? Okay, did you lower it? Is it going again? 
Like it seems we've got problems and we've even forgot to press record on the camera, so uh, we don't have this message. But if you guys, let us just see what's going on here. What's going on? What say you I can't read it. Okay, it's working again. Uh, we're sorry. Um, I don't know what happened there. Uh, right, so I don't know what you guys got. I also want to apologize. This message is not recorded. So you will have it the way it is on, on, on the internet. Uh, it was not recorded, so um, sorry for that. Um, so when we go to, to, to this verse, and we look at this logic, we find that the logic that God has brought to us is a logic that is different to the world's logic, where we will not accuse God. Because God's logic is a family logic. That's what it is. God's logic is a family logic. He's, he's got a logic that reasons, I take man, I put man inside my boat. When man is inside my boat, he's part of my family. I care for him. I bless him. I give him eternal life. I will love him unto, the, unto him loving others. That's the logic of God. That logic got mud thrown over it and everything over the years. And then God said, let me renew the way man thinks. And the way God renewed the way we think is by taking a man and putting him at the right hand of the Father, a human being, so that we can now see that and have the original thought, a renewed mind. I'm holy. I'm blameless. I'm acceptable to God. I'm part of the God family. Immortality belongs to me. The doing of God will raise me from the grave even if I die. That is the renewal of the mind. That is the true renewal of the mind. He says, don't think of yourself higher than what you ought to think. Adam thought of himself higher than what he ought to think. When do you think higher of yourself? It's when you think that you can create a good life by uh, uh, obeying commands. You can't. Think soberly. To each man has been given the measure of faith. We have not been given commandments. We have been given something to believe. That is the command. And if we can believe that truth, if we can see that truth and believe upon it, then we will find our hearts come to a place where we are living the fruit of God by His doing. Well, glory to God. Church, thank you so much for listening to this message. I'm sure that it has impacted your life. Let us be transformed by the new mind that God brought in the manifestation of Christ in putting a man at the right hand of God where we can think soberly. It's a sobering thought. And it's, it is a sober thought to think that man is in, in equality with God, that man has no sin, that his sin has been taken away, that we are righteous. It's sober. Any other thought is intoxicated with lies. Church, you are deeply loved by God. Thank you for watching this, and I know that you will just be greatly blessed by Him in this week to come and in the rest of your life. Thank you so much for watching. God bless you.